Oh, what was it? Um, I had a thing. What was my thing? Huh. What, was it about money? Maybe it was about money. Was it about selling indulgences? No, we don't do that anymore. Yeah, but it wasn't a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We should put a, a, a disclaimer on this. Hey, don't, don't uh, listen to it with small children around. Because <laughs> Neil goes on this rant, and it's hilarious, but it's wildly inappropriate for children. Yeah, disclaimer done. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I got topic ideas um, for stuff that we could do for, for for future episodes and things like that. Sure, what are we thinking about? Um, so I want to dive into this idea of <coughs> um, uh, outsourcing or this idea of being able to fix your kid who's not Catholic enough for you or uh, – yeah, that's this because that whole scenario or whatever. Or this idea of um, – does teaching does is there something with how we teach chastity that promotes a purity culture that is ultimately unhealthy and not chastity right so that's that's the other thing i wanted to, to come come how somehow get around at some point and then um the purity culture that's kind of funny too Right, because you know what I'm saying, right? Because there's people that uh, um, where they they get to this purity culture thing, and it's like uh, sex becomes bad and evil, uh-huh. and it damages their actual relationships and makes them difficult for them to actually be intimate with somebody uh, whenever they whenever the appropriate time comes, you know, and. Uh, um, or on the other end of that, it makes somebody who has had sex outside of marriage feel like they're less than a person. Mm. And so it's kind of those those two extremes. And the way chastity is supposed to be, it's an integration of your sexuality. But um, I, yeah, because I kind of remember that too. Because I remember in the search days that we had a chastity talk, and there's always a handful of people that were like, "Yep, well, I already had sex," and it's like. <gasps> You know, or something like that. And then, but then, I remember when we started doing, you know, um, what was it? I remember when, before we started PG, Project Genesis, which is a spinoff of Search, um, we did some confirmation retreats for St. Peter's, which was like Search Light. And I was trying to figure out how to do it. That way and say, well, we could do this for the confirmation retreat. And then we revamped the second year. Like, the first year was almost just search. And the second year, we changed it a bit to make it something different, to be more confirmation-y. And we added, like, uh, virtues and stuff. We did four virtue talks for the cardinal virtues and stuff. Nice. But, so we added some cool other cool stuff to it. But um, one of the things that it was is I was like, okay, we need a chastity talk. To put in for you know these horny sixteen year olds, right? You know this is something good, and one of them was pretty good, and one of them was kind of crappy, and I 
I blame myself for not weeding out the crappy one better. You what know, made it crappy, huh? What made it crappy? Um, the person giving the talk. You know, where it didn't. It seemed fake. Mm, gotcha. You know the thing too. And then what was funny is when the talk was going on. I went into the kitchen and tried to talk with the people in there to, you know, make sure that the next meal was getting ready or whatever. And I was just like leaving it up. And then I came out and Angelica, who was my like assistant director, is like, "This is bad." <laughs> <laughs> well, what happened? I said, "Well, I thought it was good when I listened to it." He's like, "No, this is bad." So I should have done that. But there was another talk before with two other people that did really well. Oh, that's good. Or better. I think that might have been the second time, the second talk or something like that. But, but you know, and then I remember from Search, there was like, you know, 50 chastity talks I listened to. And a bunch of them were pretty good. And, you know, you know, they always try to get a couple to do it and stuff like that. Right. And then the problem is sometimes you don't get a couple. And then you put two people together. And it's like, I had to give it with this girl, Rose. And then she and I gave the talk. And... My dad did a joke about, like, Rose and I are Chase because we're not boyfriend and girlfriend, so we don't have sex. So there you go. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, that's an easy way to put it. Thanks. All right. But then you have to do two, you know, you have to do two complete stories and not uh, an R story when you do it that way because. Right. That makes sense. Because usually it's a yours, mine, and ours kind of story where it's like, you know, I used to have a girlfriend or, you know, I used to have a boyfriend and then now we're together and this is what we do or something like that. So that there's all the, you know, the couples where she did and he didn't and now they're not and or now they're married or whatever and all those things. But then when we started doing Project Genesis and doing a lot of, you know, um, young adult things, and it was funny, though, because I'm like, well, we only have so much time on Sunday because technically you're supposed to be off like the mountain at 11 o'clock. And I yeah. think when we had search, we were like off at like two or something because we used to get like free time that the Rangers were cool with or something or we paid for a little bit extra or I don't remember what it was. But like Sunday had so many things that when I started Project Genesis, I'm like, cut half that out, you know. But one of the main things I cut out was the chastity talk because, I don't know, I was... I mean, not that it's not important. Right. You know, I don't want you to feel like, well, Neil, you know, there's a bunch of 28-year-olds who need chastity in their lives. But it was more of the fact that it was like, I'd rather hit the 16-year-olds harder with this because, you know, just by, um, what is it, like, um, um, what am, what's the word, logistically... <laughs> Or practicality, having sex is bad, you know, because, you know, teenage pregnancy is not good. Where, oh, I see what you're saying. You know, so it's kind of like, you know what, if, you know, if Lisa and I had a, a pregnancy before marriage in our 30s, you know what, I can handle that. But if I had it at 16 with some girl that I'm kind of sort of liking, that's just, <laughs> that wouldn't be really good for my future. Yeah. But... So that was the kind of thing. So I was just like, well, we need to cut time. And I hate to say it, but most of these young adults have already had sex. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, and not to not to belittle it, but just like be like, I don't know. I didn't want to sound a little preachy to a bunch of adults and B, I needed to cut time and but whatever. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Uh, and I think this is one of those things we started talking about it at, at confirmation class today too a little bit because people uh, um, one of the, one of the I, today was kind of a Q&A for the close of confirmation. 
we did a couple of things. We said, okay, well, so put in the small groups. Like, what was one thing that you, you know, that that, that you learned that uh, actually made an impact on your faith? And so they shared that in their small groups. And then they had that the question to spin off of that was, what's one thing that you wish we could have talked about, or uh, that you would have liked to have known, or whatever? Just kind of like the quick question piece. And this was one of the ones that came up in that little question piece, like um, that they wanted to the to um i guess understand the church's views on sex a little bit more clearly because uh, we we didn't we didn't jump into you didn't uh, do that feel... that six and no ninth we didn't commandment like you used to do Mm-mm, because we had nine classes that was focused on alpha this year alpha uh, alpha which is a it's an evangelization program to get oh. to know who jesus is yeah it's because it was an online program that was effective at building um communication between small groups and so that's what we needed since we were going to a small group model. And so we had to move that one. So we did morality um, as its principles, uh, like the idea of parts of an action, virtue, um, sin, th- those kinds of things. Um, but we didn't break down the Ten Commandments like we usually do. Uh, so we lost like those classes. Those. Yeah, me too. I have fun with those. <clears throat> but then in the midst of all of that, I got this. I think I sent this to you. But I got this um, uh uh, thing popped up on my Facebook from a former student of mine, actually. And so it, it reads like this. It's talking about the ineffective and dangerous of an abstinence-only approach. And, and here's here she says, I can't... Uh, I can help you find those if you don't know. Okay. So it says, newsflash, it doesn't work, period. Also, abstinence-only is a religious thing. Don't bring that in because not everyone follows the same faith, and it's not about the physical action of sex. Not about protecting or pushing a it's it's about the physical action of sex. Not about protecting or pushing your religious beliefs to control others' actions. Give them an appropriate sex education without religious bias, and let them figure out how they want to make sense of that information. Did you know you can't control other people's actions? Oh dear, what do we do? It starts with conversations and steps off soapbox. She says, uh, give it to them straight. No sugarcoating. No BS. Allow them to ask questions. Debunk myths they heard honestly. Honestly, honestly, it's not an easy conversation to have with youth, but honesty is the key. Uh, The less taboo and awkward you make it, the easier the conversation flows and the safer they will be long term. Tiptoeing and beating around the bush does not serve anyone. They'll appreciate the transparency more than anything. Lie and you risk losing respect. Tell the truth and you gain the respect. Which one do you want? You can't control other people's actions, but you can provide information and tools for them uh, to be safe if they choose to engage in sexual activity. And don't limit the education just to heterosexual education. I'm tired of, of sex being culturally defined as man and woman with penis and vagina. Sex is more than a penis penetrating a vagina. There's more than one way and no one way and no one way to engage sexually. But not everyone in the world is straight, so yes, LGBTQ plus sex needs to be included too. And no, not shoving LGBTQ anything down your throat. Not everyone is straight, so why are we teaching like everyone is straight? Everyone deserves to be safe when engaging in sexual activity. Also, sexual uh, assault, consent, and rape culture needs to be included. So this was her rant on this idea of talking about sex um, because she was only this hears to it. you? No, this no. <laughs> But it was a former student of mine who, and it just kind of popped up on my feed because a lot of uh, a lot of people were were commenting on it. Obviously, 
And so, real um, quick, was it just to like who was it to? Like, are she saying it to? It was literally just posted on her page. Like, like I don't know what prompted it to kids. I mean, yeah. sorry, yeah, I to mean, youth like, particularly. Is this what you teach in a sex ed class at school, or is this what you teach in a sex ed class at church? No, her problem was that it was relegated only to church and in a religious setting. And in a religious setting, it's only about belief and um, that what was only re- relegated to a religious setting. Sex, sex education and abstinence only, particularly. Yeah, but I know that there's that was the big thing that that public schools and stuff like that were teaching abstinence only. Right. Which is a little funny. Yeah. Okay. You know, of course, I always say abstinence only works out real well because it's the safest sex you can have. <laughs> <laughs> abstinence didn't choose uh, abs- I didn't choose abstinence abstinence chose me okay real quick <laughs> abstinence chose me for a long time <laughs> yeah. no matter how far uh, how hard I fought it <laughs> abstinence won a lot yeah. chastity didn't win but abstinence did <laughs> that's hilarious yeah, so that's that was her whole rant. And to me, when I read that, um, I was like, okay. A, I was like, in my programs, we never were – I mean, obviously, I taught abstinence. <coughs> but my focus was never abstinence. My focus was always chastity, full integration of the sexuality into the person, right? That's mm-hmm. That's always my focus. And so I was kind of like, where the heck did she get this abstinence-only stuff? Because it couldn't have been from me. And then I was like, maybe it was from me or that maybe I said it and, and it was taken wrong or whatever. So the it, ego piece but gets the, in first. Well, but then like what we were talking, remember we had the discussion with Dylan at the hotel that one time a long time ago. The differences between chastity and abstinence. Right. On how you can still be chaste or, you know, without being abstinent or whatnot. And, right. you know, and that was actually that was, you know. Among Wolves beta project because you're like, see, <laughs> conversations like this would be a good podcast. It sure Cause, would. Because you went on for like 20 minutes talking to him about that. And, you know, but like I said, I mean, I don't see, I don't remember this in school. I mean, I remember, you know, when I was in seventh grade and we were talking about, you know, that, you know, when you're first learning about, you know, STDs, because that's when it started really getting big. Right. And it was like, you know, when you have sex with this person, you had sex with every person they had sex with. Exactly. And then it's that pyramid thing that came out and said the best way to avoid it is don't have sex, don't have sex, don't have sex. And I was like, well, that makes sense to me. Right. You know, but I know that doesn't just work, you know, practicality because it's like, I mean, it's the whole thing we teach about, you know, in any of these big subjects and stuff. I mean, you know. Right. Cause I, and then there's an, there's a, Okay, so the abstinence-only approach has a lot of major issues. One of those is this idea of, like, if it's – A, it's usually fear-based. It's like don't have sex, which it, which is effective. That's why it's fear-based, you know. If you could scare the crap out of a teenager, then they're less likely to do the thing that they're afraid to do, right? Mm-hmm. Like if, if, I, if I convinced a teenager that behind this door there was a tiger, don't open that door because it will kill you, they're going to be a whole lot less likely to open that door even if they're curious about the freaking door, right? Because they're like, oh, you know, there, there's a tiger back there because, you know, re- science. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> but that's um, – Zoology. <laughs> Zoology. But that's – that's uh, uh that that's okay. So that's that's one of the issues. Secondarily, is abstinence only uh it it's reduces the sexuality of a person to a sexual act, and 
whenever you're focusing on this idea of don't have sex, they're like, okay, that's all dangerous, that's all bad, that's all evil. So I'm going to turn inward on my own sexuality, and then you have the problem of pornography and masturbation and stuff like that, right? Like it becomes all about just um, my sexuality is going to be um, self-gratification having nothing to do with uh, another person because I could get a disease doing something like that, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so that you have you have that issue, and then and then the idea that the shame that uh, abstinence only and purity culture kind of bring into this whole conversation is like, oh, this person is uh, a hoe or a slut or <coughs> all those other things, you know, and um, and it's just there's there's problems there, but at the same time, well, and some of the other pieces that she mentioned here, I think like. Are really valid too. Like she mentioned stuff like uh, sexual assault, consent, uh, and all that stuff. Um, you know, in in an abstinence only setting, you don't talk about consent. You know, you don't talk about a- sexual assault. Um, uh, you don't talk about really. You don't really talk about yeah, because you're not because if it's abstinence only, nothing's supposed to be happening. Exactly. You don't talk about anything, and so and so that's that's kind of the issue. And, and then, but at the same time. How do you address these things without greenlighting it on accident? Oh, you're trying to say, here, this is the way you have to ask for consent to have sex that you're not supposed to have. <laughs> right. Now right. that I didn't tell you that it was okay to have sex, but what you do <laughs> is when you have sex, wear a condom. But don't do that because the church do says that. you don't have sex and the church says don't wear condoms. You don't wear condoms. But if you're going to have sex... Wear a condom. <laughs> you know why? Because it's safe. Right. But don't do right. it. Except yeah, right. when you do. Then definitely do it. <laughs> I didn't tell you that. But you should. I don't know who said that. Because you're supposed to be abstinent and chase. Right. Except for the times when you're having sex. <laughs> except for whenever you screw up. And then right. wear a condom. Also, don't assault anybody. So if you're going to put your dick in a girl... <laughs> Make sure she's cool with it. <laughs> and if you do that, make sure you have a condom. But real quick, don't do that. Don't do <laughs> Don't do it at all. You're not supposed to do that. And especially don't hit her before you do it. And if you do, say you're sorry and then put the condom on. But don't do that either. This is awful. You got to leave yes. all this in. Oh, it's staying in. With consent. Uh- it's staying in with consent. Is it cool that it stays? It's cool that it stays. Because I can take it out and put it back in several times at a pace in which you enjoy. Uh, oh, that's hilarious. That okay. might have to be cut. I don't know. <laughs> <coughs> All right. But do you see what I'm saying? Like, this is, this is, we'll see. This is the problem with talking about sex in. A educational setting at church. How do you? Because obviously we have to address it, right? But what's the right way? Well, honestly, I've always never worried about it because you've always said, "Hey, this is the sixth and ninth commandment where I talk right. about sex." And you know what? I'm gonna do it because I'm not gonna have any of my catechists do it because this way, if I say something and the kids do it, hear it wrong. The parents will go, this is what my kids said you taught them. And I'll be like, okay, my bad. I said it this way. 
But if right. Neil said it, you'd be like, "Ah, oh, crap! I don't know what he said." Exactly. Yeah. And the thing too exactly. is because like what they're saying is with the what she was pointing out with the you know all truth and don't you know pussyfoot around it. Bad choice of words, but. <laughs> Unless you're into that. Unless you're stuff. into there's, that. I'm sure there's a website for this. Yes. <laughs> Please don't Google that. <laughs> don't Google that. About the, make sure your toes are properly manicured if you're going to do stuff like that. <laughs> but, um, you know, like, I don't know. I've always been okay to talk about those kind of things with the kids or something like that. But I never right. have because I've never been kind of allowed to. But also, like you're saying, at, in this church position, like, I don't want to sit there and say things. Like, like what I was joking with, you know. Like, right. you know. Like, here's my advice to you, you know, as a person and as a realist, you're going to have sex right. with this person if they're going to let you. <laughs> so take these precautions and realize these ramifications, either emotionally or physically or, you know, you know, paternally or any of those things, you know, but also because I've never had to really uh, maybe, you know, in, in at least with this confirmation era, you know, I haven't had to tell anybody these things but it's kind of like that point where you're like they're gonna have sex anyway no matter what we tell them so let's try to tell them to do the right things with those things but then yet if you do that then you're kind of breaking all the rules of the church where you're supposed to teach this is the teachings of the church and all that stuff right and 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 i think here's the thing i think you do have to teach what the church teaches oh yeah right but at the (coughs) same time I don't think that you can say that. But if you're going to do it, go have a condom. I don't. I don't think that you can say that. Um, no, that's the problem. But there's right. part of you that sits there and says, "For the love of God, put the tank condom on," even though the church <laughs> tells you not to. Right, right. It's that. It's that whole conversation. Okay, so you remember back uh, years ago, whenever people got all up in arms that the Pope had said you can go have use a condom. Do you remember this? Oh, I think so. What was it? This for? was wasn't it, it was for Pope like Benedict. some crazy ex? Uh, like, hey, um, you're a married couple who has AIDS, so you can wear a condom, so you can have sex and not kill somebody. Kind of. So no. The conversation was that here's the example. The example was the wildest example that you could possibly imagine, because it was Pope Benedict, and he and he was questioned on this idea of uh, is there is there any situation where a condom would be um, morally licit or whatever, right? And he gave this this uh, crazy example, and he said that I can imagine a scenario. Let's let's think of a male prostitute, right? So this male prostitute goes out. And he um, has AIDS. He already had me at male prostitute. <laughs> I know it's crazy, right? He goes out and he's doing his whole thing. He doesn't care who's who's getting AIDS or or any of the stuff. And and one day he wakes up and he realizes, hey, maybe there's something not good about what I'm doing here. And so he decides to still be a male prostitute, but he's going to use a condom in, instead of passing on the AIDS and, and stuff like that to all those people. And the Pope had said that that is a growth in in virtue, right? Oh, that it's a it's one step towards correct. It's this idea of um, a gradualization uh, that that yeah, you don't growing. stop being a male prostitute and become the choir boy. Right. You have to start wearing a condom and stop giving more people AIDS. Then right. maybe it, you stop having prostit- paid sex for money. Then maybe you can stop having sex. <laughs> yeah, and orient your sexuality like into yourself versus trying to, you know, get pleasure from all these other people or whatever, right? This is the um so the the concept here is that 
there is a gradualization and because of hormones and stuff like that like it's really difficult to tell you know only every individual teen on on their own will be able to tell how culpable they are for any of these any of these particular actions right because to to an ex- to a certain extent they're not in control of a lot of what's of a lot of what they're doing right uh-huh. to a certain extent right um but here's here's the here's the thing is if you talk about like I talk about the difference between sin and guilt a lot it, when we talk about um, sin itself because I want people to understand that just because somebody might be might have committed a sin that doesn't mean that always that guilt is incurred right because obviously because knowledge and moral sin <coughs> all that stuff right circumstance all the all those things okay so when it comes to this kind of stuff though here's the concern is. By doing by teaching something like that in this particular setting, does it give a person a free for all to and then like they can just presume on um you see what I'm saying like they could just presume that oh this is just part of growing up and so I'm just gonna go do whatever gradual gradualization uh I'm just learning about my my faith and so this is okay or um all my hormones are making me like this so therefore I'm not guilty. You see what I'm saying? It does does it does it give a green light just to say screw it and I'm gonna do and you know just to say screw it, <laughs> screw it, or him or her or whatever it happens to be that you're saying. <laughs> now that's the point. <laughs> that's the point. Like this is this is where this stuff gets difficult for me. It's like how do you how do you approach this subject? And give people the things that they need. Eight to help them. Okay, so I guess one thing that I do that I know is good is anytime I talk about this, I focus in on mercy and I focus in on the person of Jesus and all of this. And that because that's the only thing I know is right. You know, I know that if if I if I focus in on the theology of the body and understanding the nature of our sexuality and integrating that into our lives in a meaningful way that that um, that expresses love authentic love and giving a really good definition of that and then whenever we fail when we fail in that in that expression of love there is mercy but does that actually prepare people i mean clearly it doesn't because i'm looking at i'm looking at this past experience of a, of a teen from many many years ago right but uh, uh this is this is just uh one of those scenarios man and and i don't know i don't know what the answer is here i don't, I don't know how know to wrestle there is this. a right answer because you know, part of me sits there and says, talk about all those things she's talking about. Right. You know, talk about this is the real world. Here's the deal. But the other part of me is like, hey, we still have a, a job to do as representation of the church, you know. So we can't be talking about all the gay sex acts like if it's willy-nilly and totally normal, even if it is totally normal for certain people. Right. You know? So, I mean, it is tough because then there's the other thing, too, because even if it is, you know, not saying, I don't know, even if it might be the right thing to talk about or these quote unquote taboo subjects or quote unquote taboo ways of talking about it or against the church ways of talking about it, those might be what some of these kids need to hear, but yet that could come down and cost you your job kind of thing or you know have enough prudish parents to go crazy over why are you talking about gay sex why are you talking about condoms why are you talking about you know 
Right. You know? Consent, I guess. Because you're not supposed to have sex, so what do you need consent for? Because you got to stay home. (laughs) Start knitting. Start knitting. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, that's the tough part because it's like, what can we do? Because, I mean, I remember... You know, in a young adult group, pre pre you, you know, we were talking about, you know, if like the teenagers talk to us about, you know, you know, sex or something, and we, on, you know, do we advise them to wear, you know, have protection or something, even though the church is, you know, anti birth control, you know, which is, you know, the pro life aspect of it, and you know, and it's very much like, well, you know, here's the hard and fast rule, you. You don't tell them to do X, Y, and Z. You don't tell them to wear condoms. You tell them not to have sex. And then you're like, and then part of us as all young adults, we're like, yeah, but come on. They're going to have sex. (laughs) They want to have sex. So what do we do? Because here's the deal. You know, them saying, oh, condoms is a sin, so I can't wear it. But I'm still going to have sex because... I'm horny. So the right. condom sin and the horn and the sex sin, the horniness makes this so much more important. So and the mm-hmm. sin so much less important in my mind. Right. I'm gonna have sex and not wear the condom, and then that's why you get all those teenage pregnancies. And you know, it just sucks because it's like I don't know how many kids I know, you know, from youth group over the years. And you're like, oh wow, that's nice that you know half of them had kids out of marriage. Right. And luckily, most of them are after they were at least out of high school, if not all of them. So you're like, okay, good. At least you were 19 when you had this, you know, kid out of wedlock. But still, you had a kid out of wedlock. And, you know, at least, you know, you're being a good parent or something, which a lot of them are and stuff. But it's just, it's that point where it's like, wow, it's almost like nothing we say works. So we might as well have said X, Y, and Z. So are they, and that's the point too, where you're like, are these, you know, teenagers or young 20 year olds having all these children out of wedlock because they're not wearing protection because they're taught that in Catholic settings? Or is it just because they don't just don't want to wear it? Because there's plenty of non-Catholics that are going out and having kids because they're not putting condoms on either. That's true. So is it just a thing that they don't want to spend the money or they're just irresponsible or not thinking it or, or what? I don't know. Or it's like, man, I got a ride bareback, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This one's tough for me because I feel like I, I feel like there's a we're in a hypersexualized culture, and and if they're not getting education from us, they're going to get it from somewhere else, and uh, and that's statistically going to be their friends or the internet. Hmm. Actually, you know what's funny when you're talking about the hypersexualized culture? I feel like some of it's a little more toned down in more recent years. Oh, good. Just just thinking of things where it's like, oh, you know, this would have been where we'd make a more sexist joke about this girl's boobs or something. But nowadays it'd be like, yeah, you shouldn't do that because girls have feelings. But that's more of a joke. Never mind. Yeah. You didn't laugh. But, uh, <laughs> you know, where it's just like, you know, you think of things from like 10 years ago where you would make a joke like that. And nowadays it'd be like, yeah, that's a little uncouth. But, yeah, no, that's not that's not what I mean by hyper. Oh no, I just cultures. just maybe it's just something I'm noticing. Like, you know, for a while, Carl's Jr. had commercials where it's like all the girls had right b- big boobs and eating hamburgers and steam and whatever. And and I'm yeah, like, was... I don't know if I'm hungry or horny because every time I think <laughs> of a Western bacon cheeseburger, I get hard here. You know, <laughs> like so. 
It's just like, and then all of a sudden, you know, then they're like, maybe they took enough flack for it or something. And they're like, hey, that was Carl Jr.'s idea. I'm Carl Sr. And I'm going to go back to basics where hamburgers are the thing (laughs) and not sex. And now they don't have the all natural burger with a girl with melons in front of her melons and say, you know, that was a good commercial too. Yeah, Yeah, I forgot about that commercial. No, but um, that's not that's not really what I mean by hypersexualized. Because, uh, right, sure, we they're not doing a lot of that objectification that they used to do, right? I know the good old days. But but there is um, an in, I think it actually an increase in the sexualization of our culture. This idea of oh, be like 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 the sixties kind of yeah, free almost. Love. Right, like that sex is just a thing that animals do, and we are animals, and so therefore go and do it with whomever and wherever and whenever. And no hang ups. Uh, right. Um, and I think that's where, uh, honestly, I think that's where a lot of our young adults are right now, is because uh, statistically, teens, high school teens are not having sex like they, like they were in the 90s and early 2000s and stuff like that. Statistically, it's just not happening, well, which is good. Well, know, so that's, I, that's I guess because now I guess I feel like I'm more like a teen now than then because <laughs> if those people were having sex, yeah. abstinence found me. Abstinence, abstinence chose me. <laughs> yeah. Um. But uh, but so, so statistically, it's it's the young adults, but it is that young adults who are also prevalent to have lots and lots of relationships and to either not marry at all or to marry extraordinarily late in life. You know, the late as to over the course of you know American history at the very least. You know, much less world history. But but this idea. Um, that we we have a hypersexualized culture is this okay still everything that you see and everything that you watch is going to have a a romantic um bent to it uh as either a subplot or a main plot that is intended to lead sexually right and not not just that kind of stuff but this whole movement of like I need to be identified by my particular sexuality. You need to know it, and you need to name it. You know that's where you get the LGBTQ and the continuing, you know, plus, oh, right? Oh yeah, yeah. And then all the, that the stuff. fact that you're. Oh, are you talking about like in genders and the fact that you can be, you know, polysexual or right? Because what's non-sexual, the, what's, asexual. Because that's what these genders are are, are doing, and, and it's become and it's being part of people's documents and how they're recording things is they are um, identifying themselves with a sexual desire or lack thereof, if you want to say asexual or something like that. But it's 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 a definition of who I am based on a sexual desire, and that I think is increasing in our culture. Um, that that we are somehow. Um, pigeonholed according to a sexual desire, and w- in that in that right, context, that's what des- defines you. Right, right, and and in that context, how do we approach? Like, like because that was, that was the other piece of her of her of her rant here. She talks about uh, you can't control other people's actions, and not everybody is just heterosexual. Um, and she she goes into all this other stuff, 
and that's uh, um, how do you discuss this? How do you how do you have a conversation? Of I mean, like, so I what I do, and I probably do extraordinarily poorly, but I attempt to do is this idea of um, whenever anytime I talk about LGBTQ stuff, I say. I, I talk about this hypersexualized culture thing that we're in, and that as the Catholic Church, we're not going to identify you as your letter or your sexual preference or anything like that. Ultimately, you're going to be defined as a child of God, and but, that's and, never going to change. But that's always how it is, too. Right. Because and that's you're that's not great. you're a child of God before you are a man, before you are a Filipino, before you are anything. Yeah. Yeah, and that's Straight, and that's tall and that's bad hair <laughs> and that's what's great about the church and that's why I always say like it, it's this it'll ultimately be the safest place for anybody who is on the fringes of any of those letters or anything like that um, because we're not going to define them that way therefore if the culture takes a left turn and decides that this particular letter is somebody that um, is abhorrent to us and less than subhuman and they need to be attacked and destroyed and eradicated, the church is never going to agree with that, right? The church is always going to say this person is made by God and deserves love. Um, and so that's that's basically how I handle that kind of thing. But that's not – I feel like that's not enough. Like that's 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 an answer and it might make you feel good for a moment. But where's the practical movement behind it? I don't know. Yeah. If you have answers to these questions, please write in. <laughs> no, I don't even think that we'd have answers to these questions, but I think it's a question that's that requires wrestling. Well, I know, too. It's kind of at the point where I was just saying, like, you know, we should be able to teach our class in class and then have the, uh, you, you, well, I'm not teaching now, so you teach the class at class, and then I'll meet them in the parking lot and say, hey, here's the deal. <laughs> or in a dark alley. Here, you <laughs> want to learn about weird. sex in a dark alley from an older guy? <laughs> no, sir. Don't worry, I'll teach you about gay stuff, too. Okay, definitely not, sir. <laughs> Please back away from me now. <laughs> Don't worry. Yeah. Everybody thinks it's weird at first. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You know, I don't know. I don't know either. That's yeah. why we need the big brothers, big sisters kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's a problem. Because this is where our young adults are at right now. Like, even even if it's not our teens, our young adults are definitely in this spot trying to wrestle with this kind of thing. Uh, they're all broken, too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I wish I had a, I wish I had a solution for this or at least the start of one, you know? <clears throat> I don't know. We have till September to figure it out, right? There you go. Till September. Wake me up when September ends. <laughs> I do like that song. Yeah, yeah. All right. Man, that's all I had. Well, I have all those other topics too, but that was all I had on that particular one. I don't know. This one's going to be but, a funny one. Hey, you want to hear us talk about comic book movies? And sex. <laughs> and sex. <laughs> I should just randomly intersperse them. Like, you get ten minutes of comic books. You're like, here's where sex. Neil talks about the Donner cut. <laughs> and here's when we talk about the LGBTQ+. Plus. I'm glad they put the plus there because they kept adding too many things. They kept adding letters, right? Yeah. I don't know. Right. I just remember the good old days when everybody was just gay. Yeah. Yeah. 
you remember that? <laughs> Do you remember that? Uh, what was that? Uh, um, that film, uh, Team America, World Police. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where they did Rent. Yeah, it was everybody uh, has AIDS. Everybody has AIDS. <laughs> Which is funny too, because I saw that before I saw Rent. So like. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, so I, I knew that's what that. they were making fun of, oh, and okay. they're like, "Everybody has AIDS," and then you're like, oh, "Okay." And then what when I see AIDS? Rent, and it's like, "This guy has AIDS." Oh, and this guy has AIDS, and this guy has AIDS, and I'm like, "Oh my god, it's like the show. <laughs> Everybody does have AIDS." Yeah, yeah, that's what made it funny. Like, but, uh... everybody's got it, but this one dude. It's like, wow. I mean, I don't know if that's good for like stories, you know. All right, man, that's all I got. You got anything? Oh, I don't know. I got nothing. I yeah. I had nothing going on. I just did this because we need content. <laughs> yeah. Well, future content stuff. I still think we need to do a one on swearing and just mix. I think I'm going to have to put an explicit tag on this one, too, because we talk about sex so much. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But I hope Terry still it. listens to it. Yeah. Just not with the children. Anymore. All her kids are old anyway. All right, dude, you want to close this out? All right, well, thank you for listening to our show. Sorry we rambled too much. Um, if you would like to contact us, please do so via the Instagrams and the Facebooks. DM us, because I guess we don't have a, an email, but not like anybody writes emails unless you go to work. So uh, get a hold of us. Tell us stuff you want to talk about. Tell us stuff you don't want us to talk about. And um, So... Solve our sex problem. Solve our sex problem. Not personally. No, no, the sex education. But then again, we are both married, so yeah. we probably need more help in the sex department. Anyway. So hit us up. Listen Among Wolves. Look for us in September at the Orleans for the Diocesan Conference. Yeah. You know, if you're ever in Las Vegas, look for us. All right. But don't do it, except when you do. Then definitely do it.